A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to another episode of Their Pitch. As you know, we are a women's football podcast in collaboration with Adidas Football. And when Sweden's new match shirt for the UEFA Women's Euro 2022 in England was launched, the Swedish FA and Adidas also published a guide called How to Stop Sweden. Make sure you check it out on howtostopsweden.com. You'll learn many interesting things about the Swedish national team and the players. Our guest on this episode of Their Pitch is Norwegian national team head coach Martin Sjögren. He comes from a long experience in the women's game and he has won the Damansvenskan three times with two different clubs. Twice with LDB FC Malmö, now known as FC Rosengård, and one time with Linköping FC. Sjögren started his job as Norway's head coach at the beginning of 2017, which means that the upcoming Euro tournament in England will be his second with the Norwegian national team. He also led them in the World Cup in France in 2019, where they lost in the quarterfinal against England. In this Euros, Norway play in Group A, where they will have a chance to seek revenge against England. In Group A, we also find Austria and Northern Ireland. You are listening to Their Pitch, and this is a Norway and Martin Sjögren episode. Sjögren, Martin Sjögren. So that uh, SJ uh, pronunciation is a bit tricky for English-speaking persons. Welcome back to a new episode of Their Pitch Podcast. Today we're here with Martin Fagrian, the head coach of the Norwegian women's national team. How are you doing today, Martin? Very good, thank you. We are super ecstatic to have you on here. Well, we want to get to know you much better and your way of thinking on and on the football field, as well as getting to know you as a person and a coach. While we usually start this, we have a quote from somebody that knows you very well. So I'm going to read that to you and then you have to guess who it is. Martin is a coach that has his eyes set on the details like no one else. He has an exceptional vision of the game and how he will teach players. Martin is very orderly in his way of working and was rarely satisfied, no matter how many goals we scored. Martin has had an extremely large influence on my football skills and my development. I am incredibly grateful that I had Martin as a coach at such a young age. All right, so now I'm I'm supposed to guess. Yeah, all right. I think it's someone from the from the Linköping era. Uh, maybe uh, someone who plays in Chelsea at the moment. Uh, so maybe it's Panilla Harder or Magdalena Eriksson. I'm not sure, but maybe one of them. If you have to choose one of them, who would you? I don't know, but about scoring goals, so maybe Panilla harder than. I'm gonna have to say that the other option, Magdalena Eriksson. 
was the correct one. Oh, yeah, right. All But right, you were well on it. You were literally right there in that area. It was a decent guess, I think, wasn't it? It was a really good guess. But we also want to get to know you. So let's just start talking about your own football career when you were younger. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I think like like the most of us that are, you know, in this business, uh, we have had a great or has a great interest in football. And that's the way it has been more or less all my life. You know, I grew up playing the, the game as uh, the rest of us. Uh, you know, I didn't have really that... Uh, Outstanding career, uh, played on a yeah, semi-pro level in Sweden in uh, Division Two uh, at the the highest level. Uh, then I also was in. Uh, <clears throat> I had the opportunity to go to US and, and play for a the university for a, a period as well. Uh, but my own playing career wasn't really. It didn't really become what uh, you know, what what everyone dreamed of, or what I dreamt of when I was a kid, you know, becoming professional. But uh, uh, I kind of got into the idea of coaching quite early in my, you know, at the end of my own playing career. I, I stopped when I was twenty seven, so I didn't, I didn't play the game for so long. Uh, so, but I was, I was, you know, I had in my mind that uh, I was about to get into coaching quite early. Yeah. So uh, it became quite natural, you know, stop playing when I felt that I really didn't have the, you know, the, the drive to, to, uh, yeah, to train as much as you need to, even if it was, you know, only on the, uh, in the second division was quite, quite much training five uh, five days a week and you know it took a lot of time uh, so uh, I felt that uh, when I really didn't have the the drive to do that uh, it became very natural for me to get into the coaching side of, of football uh, and uh, from there I've been stuck into <laughs> into into coaching more or less and when did that happen when did you make the transition from Well, being a footballer to becoming a coach. I know it's quite a long time ago now, but uh, you know, uh, it was in 2003 I stopped playing. So that was my first uh, year of coaching, 2003 and 2004 in Östers IF. Uh, we just. Uh, <clears throat> who came down from the the top tier, the Damalsvenskan, and we played Division One in uh, Söderettan, uh, as, as it was called then. So that was my two first year. Uh, so I got kind of thrown in at the quite high level, you know, because I didn't really have those the education needed. Of course, I, I went to university to to study, and I studied sports psychology and. Uh, um, <clears throat> so I had, you know, some kind of background with the, with, with the, you know, with my, uh, with my studies, but I didn't really have the formal uh, coaches education. So I started that at the same time as I, as I started to, to uh, coach Ostersheev. Uh, Has it always been women's football for you? Is that what you've coached? Yeah, it's always been women's football, and that was. 
actually, you know, I just, you know, I just had decided to to get into coaching. Then, if it was women's football or if it was men's football, it didn't really matter. So when I got the offer from from the quite high level, you know, as the first step into coaching uh, in uh, in Södertälje, so uh, you know, it felt it felt like a very good step for me, you know, to get the opportunity to to coach at that level as my first, uh, you know, first assignment. So. Uh, so yeah, and from from there on, it's always been women's football. Well, if we just backtrack a little bit to the younger version of yourself, what would you what would you say to him? Oh, like, would you have any advice to him for him? Yeah, I would have a lot of advice. You know, advices. It's uh, when you start coaching, you think that you have uh, such a clear picture of how you want things to be, uh, and you think you have, you know, you got the right answers. But uh, the more you're into this, uh, you get more secure of yourself, of course. But you also understand that football is—it's so complex. So football can—it could be in could look like uh, so many different things in so many different ways, and there are no right or wrong answers. Uh, so, but also you get more secure of yourself, and you create a clearer image of what you want to stand for as a coach and and what your team wants to stand for but uh, you know when you started you thought you had all the right answers uh, now you understand that there are no right or wrong answers just uh, kind of the way you want things to 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 look like so I think uh, a good advice would be to uh, be very very humble and uh, to be open-minded uh, but also, I think I think a lot of the young coaches they they come in with that type of arrogance when they start, and they get more and more humble the older they get. So I think it's something we need. It's some kind of process we all need to go through. I think you coached LDB Malmo, who is Rosengård now today, and Linköping. What did that mean for you as a coach? Oh, it meant a lot, of course. You know, uh, first of all, I, I had I had four years as an assistant coach in Malmo when I learned very much from uh, both from the uh, Jorgen Petersson, who was the head coach back then, uh, and also from you know from the the people working in the in the club because I was a young, unexperienced coach, and and you know you needed that type of guidance, which I think is a good way of, you know, becoming a better coach is to actually be an assistant coach to, to someone that you think you can learn from. Uh, so when I got the opportunity to become the head coach for, for LDB, uh, back in 2010, you know, it was, <clears throat> it was really a great opportunity for me, you know, to, to be, so to say the, to be the one in charge, uh, and then, of course, you know, the results, uh, uh, they were good, you know, both winning the, the championship 2010 and 2011, the two first years as the, the head coach for a Dalmar Svenskan team. Uh, it, of course, meant a lot to me. But once again, you know, you, uh, <laughs> I was still young and things went uh, <laughs> very well as far as the results. So you think that... Uh, <laughs> You think that everything is so easy, uh, but it's not. Uh, 
but of course, you know, uh, those two years in, in Malmö was very important for me. And it also opened up some, some new opportunities, of course, uh, working both in the Swedish Federation a little bit. And then, and then uh, after that, also becoming the, the head coach from, from Linköping, uh, which I think is, you know, the, the, the time in Linköping, uh, which was a time of, with a bit ups and downs, uh, especially in the beginning. Uh, I think I learned very much from the time in Linköping because we, uh, you know, the club came from having a quite good financial situation. They paid a quite, uh, you know, high salaries. And then all of yeah, the situation was very different when I came on 2013. So we more or less started not all over again but we 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 at least we made some uh, some decisions that we need to uh bring on more younger players you know uh, players coming from the the youth national teams uh, to try to start to build on something new to to start a new project which uh, didn't cost as much as uh, the previous ones uh but then over time to be successful so we actually can win something and we uh yeah so i think that that was a very interesting project the whole project with 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 linchepping and i think we were yeah i think we did really well you know all everyone involved it's yeah it's my assistant anders jakobson who is my assistant now in norway did a tremendous job i think everyone you know in the club in linchepping which is a small organization everyone did a really really good job to to make this happen and uh yeah, it was it was uh, it was four really good years for me in in linchepping and you know we we enjoy it so much me and my family so we still live in linchepping uh and uh, you know my kids have been they they started their school here and uh yeah, so we we really enjoy being in linchepping uh so uh, it's uh, yeah it was four really good years when I look back at it and I, I learned uh, very much uh, from those years. How was it when you got the call for the Norwegian national team to get that offer? Because it's the first ever national team that you've coached, right? Yeah, I've been involved in the Swedish, you know, association, but that was only more or less as an assistant and a little bit on the, on the analyzers and the under 23s. So it was the first time, you know, being head of something, head of a, of a national team. And, you know, back then it was, you know, being in club for such a long time and also being, you know, successful. I felt that, you know, maybe the next step is to, to, to try to, to take a national team. But it's not that many national teams that are, you know, <laughs> there are a limited number of uh, vacancies <laughs> to uh, to get a national team at that level. Uh, so, so I was very, I was a bit surprised when uh, Nils Johan Sambi called me uh, uh, and uh, asked me if I was interested, uh, which I was, and that was quite a long process of getting the job uh of course in in competition with a couple of other coaches of course but um i felt like a really, really professional process they made and really interesting uh and of course you know norway was a very interesting 
country to uh, to to coach and also with the uh, with the the amount of talent that uh, there was especially for in 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 the squad with the with the younger the younger players in the squad so uh, it was it was an interesting job offer what has it meant for you to take that step and now coach norway uh, it's 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 very different coaching a national team from a club team you know being used to uh meeting you know the staff and the players uh, more or less every day uh running all the processes more or less as well uh to get into national team coaching which is uh it's really different of course you meet the players but you meet them uh, nine days uh, in a row six times a year uh, unless it's a, it's a championship like this summer uh but you you can't really uh it's hard to really uh teach the players so much in that short amount of time because you you know you have two games or sometimes you have three games but it's it's only focusing on the games so and you don't really have the you know when when the players are when they are in their club it's it's you know it's everything is a club issue and then you have of course you have a good cooperation with the clubs but still you know you you can't really influence that much of what the players do in the, in in the clubs so that was a really a really big step for me uh which of course took some time to both accept but also adjust to uh because i like to be a coach that are you know the <laughs> that are involved uh, i like to work with the players i like these day-to-day you know routines when you meet the players for the training and you talk about what you should do and yeah you know i i like to have the that type of relationship with my players so of course you miss that one uh then you you kind of get used to it <laughs> You know, with time, you get used to pretty much, uh, pretty much everything. Uh, but uh, it's still, you know, it's still something I miss to have that type of, uh, you know, contact on a daily basis, and also to be on the pitch uh, more. Because now, you know, you have, like I said, in a in a nine day period, you you maybe have three proper trainings and then it's only recovery and uh <laughs> and then you have those games so you you know it's 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 very little time i think on the pitch where you really can you know have some kind of influence on the players so it's more it's much more management i would think now than it was before before it was much 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 more coaching now it's more management uh you know to to keep the players uh in a good place and um you know to make everyone happy to make the group to work in a good way to uh, and also now we, the staff has become so so big so we are you know it's like a small circus traveling around now we're 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 like 23 players and we're almost as many in, in staff so so we're we're getting things are getting quite much bigger so it's more it's more management uh uh than it was you know in a club where you were you much more coaching also and you also coached the years 2017 in the Netherlands and the World Cup 2019 in France with Norway how how was that for you as a coach to well how is it different to to coach championships compared to 
games that aren't championships. Um, championships. Uh, it's more. It's more like uh, being in a club. Actually, that's uh, that's our substitute for you know <laughs> for the club day to day. You know. So, uh, but then of course everything is uh, you know everything is really big in championship. You know, I came on January 2017, and we had a championship in in July. Uh, the same year uh, everyone knows how how that went so i don't think we need to talk too much about it but it was you know it was a hard experience but when you sum it up and when you now look back at it it's maybe the most interesting and best experience i've had as a coach because that was the first kind of hard blow in my coaching career uh, uh, and I wasn't, you know, uh, I didn't have the experience of a, of a, of a championship with, uh, with the, at the senior level. I'd, I've had it in, in, uh, you know, in, in the youth national team level, but, and everything was really, it was really big for me back then. Uh, uh, so, but we, we learned so much and I learned so much. Uh, and I think the way we got ourselves, out of the you know the down we had with Norway in 2017 in the Euros, you know turning things around into the next championship uh, in in France in 2019, which I thought we performed really well and we we had a good we had a good tournament. Of course, we wanted to, you know, <laughs> we would have wanted to to move on to to the next stage as well to play for the for the medals. But uh, you know, still looking back to. You know, to 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 where we were at after the Euros, I think we we did really, really a good uh, development after you know from September two thousand seventeen till ending up being in the quarterfinal in 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 the World Cup in in France. Uh, so, and it's the same thing there. You you learn. You know, the more experience you get, you learn, and you you you. Uh, <laughs> You learn how to do and how not to do. And it's the same thing there. I, I thought, you know, now looking from 2019 to 2017, the preparations for the for the championship was, we got better, everyone, you know, everyone involved. We, we, we had a better plan. We, uh, yeah, we were much longer ahead, uh, 2019 and 2017. And it's the same thing now, you know, we, we learned from 2019 and, the plan that it, as it is now looks looks good. We're we're ahead of planning, and uh, 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 there are so many things that you need to think of when you come to to uh, to a championship. And I think uh, yeah, the way we the the way it feels that we are at the moment now, it feels better than than before the uh, the two thousand and nineteen. So. Feels better than 2019. That's a good feeling before a championship coming up, right? Yes, it is, of course. Then, you know, it, we know that results, you know, it doesn't mean that we will get a better result than 2019. But when it comes to preparations, at least, it feels better. And we have a, we have a good plan for how to, how to try to, to make as good, uh, you know, like to get everyone as well prepared as, as possible. So, then you never know about the results, uh, but 
as long as you do what you can do, you know, to prepare everyone, you, you get a better chance of getting the results as well. And it also makes me want to touch on something because recently Alda Hegebad made her comeback into the Norwegian national team. Um, what does it mean to have a player like her back in the squad? It's like you say, you you know, you you, you can't you can't really talk about the importance because it's so it's such a big importance for us uh, to have her back on the field, but but also off the field. You know, she's a she's a great uh, character. Uh, and you know for everyone who's been involved in in women's football uh, like we have for for a long time we know the you know the the status of of Ada and uh, now she's been with us for the <clears throat> for uh, two world cup qualifiers uh now in in april and uh, she she did great she uh, came right back into the group uh she uh, uh and i think she performed well as well you know being away for such a long time and all with all you know the background of why she's been away i think she handled it really really good uh and also the rest of the group handled everything really well and you know having that type of player also you know in the, in a position where we have been struggling a little bit to be honest um you know to have that type of striker who you know that uh she will create chances you know that uh, if you put the ball into the box you know that she will be there <laughs> uh and of course with the respect she has got around in the uh you know in in the in the world of football i think she will be very very helpful to improve our game is she one of those players where coming into the squad you see that impact immediately because that's just who she is as a player and a person yeah and it's it's all and what i like with that it's all natural for her you know uh, it's uh, she like you say she 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 just is that type of person so uh uh yeah and for us yeah we you know i've always said that you know as a national team coach you wanted to have the, you know to have access to the best players and unfortunately i haven't had that uh <laughs> during the the last four years but now when we do it feels really really good uh you know to being able to put the to put the best 11 that we that we can have on the on the field in the in the euros that, that's that's i think that's a very good feeling not just for me it's it's a good feeling for everyone involved i think to to knowing that we have the best players that we can have Obviously football is a team sport but do you feel like this possibly ups your stakes this coming summer? <laughs> I must ask that question. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, but you know it makes our team better, you know? It makes our team a little bit more powerful and especially in one phase of the game where we have yeah, where we had struggled a little bit and especially maybe against the top ranked team. So so of course it it uh, it it improves our chances, I would say. All right. And the Euros uh, that, that are coming up this summer are, you know, they're expected to be this big, this big fest for for football fans and expected to be the biggest event to that day, you know, in women's football. What do you think that will mean for women's football? I feel like I said women's football a million times. <laughs> <laughs> Where we're at at the moment in women's football, you know, I've I've been in women's football for a long time. So uh, 
and the the situation we're in now, now I think it's fantastic. You know, everything just it goes at 120 kilometers per hour uh, forward. You know, with all these major clubs uh, putting more not just money but also you see that they put a lot of um, you know they, they put a lot of effort in also of, of uh, trying to raise the bar for for everyone involved and also i know fifa and uefa they make you know they they, they also uh, <clears throat> put more effort into these uh, championships coming up uh, i would say it was a great difference from 2017 it was my first championship uh, to 2019 and i think we will see another step uh, forward you know now with this uh, with this um championship coming up so it's it's going to be so you know so fun to be a part of this and uh and i still think you know there's we're still just in the in the start of of this process. So I think we will see, you know, the, the next, the, the, the coming years, it will be even more. Uh, so it's really, it's really, uh, I'm so glad that I actually became a part of this because, uh, you know, looking back like 15 years ago, it was, uh, you didn't really think of it you know that uh, this could be possible the way things have uh, improved and evolved uh, the last the last years that's true i mean even when i was a kid and that's only let's say uh 10 15 years ago you know i never thought that i mean as a kid myself that hey you could make it as a female football player it was always it was always the men that made it but my last question for you before we move on to Mia's part is what do you think still needs to improve within the women's game from your point of view as a coach? You know, I think we still need to get, uh, you know, to educate coaches and to get better coaches into the game earlier, I would say. I think the top level, uh, you know, the clubs at top level and the national teams at top level, they have great coaches. But if you look at it in the, in the youth system, I think that's where you where you need to to uh, to get uh, to, or to educate coaches in a much larger way than you do uh, at the moment. And now I, you know, especially I know the the setup in in Sweden, of course, and in Norway. Uh, I'm not really sure how it looks, uh, you know, in, in other parts of the world, but I would say that coaches education and to get uh, good, well-educated coaches into youth uh, girls football, I would say that's uh, that's very, very important. And that was all for my part. We're going to move on to... What I think a lot of people appreciate a whole lot, which is the analysis part, especially probably as a coach, you're going to enjoy this. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
I I usually start this part right now with um, with the, all the guests have to have to uh, answer the question if they've seen the how to stop Sweden guide. Yeah, I, I have, I have, I, I've got some some questions about that already from from other journalists. Uh, yeah, I've seen it. I think it's uh, you know I, I kind of like it. You know. Uh, you know being a swedish uh, you know being swedish we know that we we are not really that often we are you know that cocky to uh, to um do things like that so i i, I kind of liked it then uh, you know it will it, it will have no impact on the the tactical <laughs> point of view in a championship i can i can assure you that but uh, i think it was quite a fun thing to do actually. yeah I mean, I call it like a smurgos boot with small bits of good things uh, with football. But um, I know I, I've been thinking about this since I last met you and we talked about this. Uh, and I usually ask the players uh, on this question, how they see, that, see themselves uh, as players. But from your point of view and how you look at yourself as a coach, how would you describe yourself? Um, I think it, it's always hard, you know, to uh, to to answer those types of questions. But uh, I think I'm, um, you know, naturally I'm I'm quite a calm person. So I think I can use that, you know, in my in my coaching as well. Uh, I think I have a good analytic uh, part in me. Uh, I also think that I'm good with people. Uh, and then I have tons of things that you know that uh, I can do better. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm sure about that. Uh, but uh, I like to work with the, uh, you know I like to work with people. I like to meet people. So I think that's my, I think that's my my best uh, trait is that uh, you know um, that I. I like to work with people. I like to improve things, and I like to be a, a part in a process where uh, you can develop things. So uh, yeah, maybe that's my best trait as a coach. Going back to that analy analytical part um, now, uh, how would you describe the reasoning and the discussion behind a starting eleven? And the eleven players that finishes a match. That's interesting, you know, because <clears throat> the team that uh, that that is finishing up the game is is could be of you know even higher importance than the ones that starts uh, because it all depends on what kind of what kind of game is it, what kind of uh, <laughs> game is it the last fifteen minutes or twenty or thirty or whatever. Uh, so I think you need a plan for it, but of course you always start with the best eleven. I would say uh, to suit, you know, to to be able to to play that game in the best way. You 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 never start a game on purpose with uh, you know not the best eleven. <laughs> but then you also need you need players so you can see you know what's what's going to happen what's what what are the possible 
uh, outcomes in the end of the game. Uh, what's uh, okay? Are we are we winning the game? Are we losing the game? Is it an even game? Is it a game that can run into extra time? So you need to, and especially in, in the championship now, I'm talking about it. Uh, so you need to have a plan for how you think that okay, this is the start, but what do we think that the last 15 minutes of the game could be like and you need to have a plan for it and you need to have players to actually be able to to maybe change a little bit at the can, end. can I ask you a question there you said how do we how we do think that the last 15 minutes of the game will will be like do you do you never think in in these terms like how we want the 15 min- minutes yeah, but you know that that could also be a part of the you know if you okay okay if you if you're winning for nothing you know you don't really have to think about it but uh, uh, you know being an even game do we need one point do we need two point or three points uh, you know is it is it zero zero or are we winning it one nothing you know so you have to you have to have a plan for it and then you, you always have to see you know to, to be being tactical is you know you have a plan but then you have to sense what's what's the correct you know what's the correct change at the moment do we need to change the balance do we need to put in uh, you know um, one more can we change just one position where we can add uh, you know a player with more defensive skills uh, or is it the you know is it the opposite? Do we need to just to change that player so we get on uh, maybe a more offensive-minded uh, uh, player? Uh, or do we need to do something with the formation? Do we need to put an extra forward in because we need really to score? So you you know you you have to I think at least you you uh, it's good <laughs> as a coach to think of all these, but then when you're you know, and this is where, you know, planning isn't the same thing as coaching because coaching is when you have to make the decisions when you're standing on the sideline and, you know, okay, it's 30,000 people uh, in the stands. Uh, the game is of the highest importance. Uh, and then you have to, you know, from everything you planned and the experience, then you have to have that sense of feeling of what's the, uh, what is the correct what is the correct uh, decision to make? I mean, you've touched on it yourself already, you know, about the opinions part. Uh, football is uh, very much about opinions sometimes. So let's talk about the fact that I can't word this question any in any different way, but <laughs> playing players in what people looking from the outside world is saying is the wrong positions. What are your opinion about that i think it's you know being a small country you know uh, norway you know with with a great culture of you know in women's football and we have you know i've been taking a lot of medals uh in the past but still we're a small football country uh and we don't really you know it, it's not like we have a hundred players you know at the highest international level so uh, we like to pick the ones that we think are the best players suited for playing international football because I think that's that's also something you have to have in mind. It's 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 different playing internationally. The game is 
fast. It's really, and it's getting even faster. So you need to have that type of tempo, uh, or at least you need to show that you can play in that type of tempo. Uh, um, so uh, that will make, that will influence the choices of the players you bring on to the team. And then, of course, you know, now we've been playing uh, the way we have been playing, you know, a little bit more possession oriented and we, we've been playing with two tens uh, <clears throat> or sometimes three tens. We've been playing with wing backs. So this influence on the, you know, the, the type of plays we we bring on. I, I, I wouldn't say there are, there are not really, you know, a team that play the way we play. Uh, so it's hard, you know, to, to take one player straight and put straight into one, uh, to one role because the role is different. Uh, then it's similarities, of course. And, uh, um, so first of all, for us, we, we like to pick the ones that we think can play the way we want to play. Uh, but also, of course, can play international football uh, because of the demands are getting so high uh, and the improvement or the development, I should say, from, you know, from what we saw 2017 to 2019, but also what we see now from 2019 to where we are uh, today is that the, <clears throat> the tempo, the game of this and the speed of the game is getting higher and higher. So this um, this is something that really influences what type of players we pick because we need to pick players that can play at you know at the <laughs> at the speed that uh, we are uh, uh, playing at now in international football. Uh, we spoke to the Danish head coach about this as well. Um, how how do you see the the growth? Uh, in Norway, if you, with with the reasoning and and what you just told me about the fact that you need to get in in into a, a certain pace uh, of the game, how do you see the youth gener uh, the youth gener generation in Norway? Um, There are some interesting, uh, you know, generations coming, and we, you know, our under 17s they just qualified for for the championship, uh, and we usually do pretty well on the under 19s. So I think, you know, in Norway we're we're doing a lot of good things at at an early age. Of course, we need to look at that type of system as well. And like I said before, that I. I I think that a major thing is to get uh, well-educated coaches at an early age, uh, because that will build a foundation on where you know you can you can get much better football players in the <laughs> uh, in the end if that's the you know if that's the main object. Uh, so, uh, <clears throat> and I know you know. It's you know here here in Scandinavia you know I I'm sure Lars is having a similar opinion but the competitiveness uh, from Europe now is so high so it's going to be hard to compete you know at the club level with the you know with the uh, with the clubs from England. 
Spain, now Italy is going to go professional as well. Uh, France, Germany, we have some, some, yeah, US, we have some, you know, some, some countries and some uh, leagues that I think will be quite hard to compete with. Uh, but it's still so important that you try to make the domestic league as good as it can get because this is where the young players coming up this is where they need to compete and to perform at a high level to get into maybe the national team the youth national teams and the under 23s and the maybe you know the senior national team level but also to be able to actually uh, perform so well so they can maybe come out and play for for a bigger club and get a career uh uh, so I think the you know the the importance of the domestic league and the clubs because that's where the foundation is built <laughs> is is really really you know of the highest importance and then the ones who gets you know who becomes really good yeah, they will maybe and hopefully have a chance to play in a big league. So I, I read the. Um... After the, the last international break, I read some opinions now. We talk opinions, but it's it's interesting. Um that somewhere I read that you know people were kind of confused because they they can't see Norway, uh they can't see what playing style Norway is trying to play, they can't see patterns of play and the characteristics. So what would you say? How do you work with Norway in order to create all those things? Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know who, who said that, but, uh, you know, if you, if you look at, at, at us and you, if you followed us for the last, the last four years, five years, I would say, you know, if you can't see a pattern in that, you can't really call yourself an expert. Uh, then, of course, we have opponents that try to make it hard for us. Uh, so playing, you know, playing uh, top ranked teams, uh, we haven't really had that success, to be honest, uh, against the top ranked teams, which of course is because the top ranked teams are very good. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, playing games versus lower ranked team, I think we, we would never, oh, more or less, we haven't lost a, a competitive game against a, a lower ranked team in, yeah, in a very, very, very long time. So uh, uh, I think we have some kind of stability and especially I think we've created some kind of stability in our offensive game. Uh, now we need to, I think we need to improve the defensive uh, uh, part of, of our game to be become a little bit more solid. Uh, and of course, especially when you play a top ranked team, because, you know, you, you have to, you have to understand and you have to accept that you will be in more in a defense, uh, more in defending position than you are in attacking position. So, uh, so, um, that's, that's a main focus, you know, coming into a pre-camp to try to, uh, build a, a little bit more, you know, stable foundation uh, of the defensive game and offensively now we have you know we have a good setup i think uh, also play wise we have a good you know we have we have good quality uh, of course all that we talked about but then caroline graham hansen is i would say 
one of the best players in the world at the moment, you know, on the level she performs at this, it's been fantastic. So, uh, so that's really interesting, you know, the, uh, her and Ada together, but also you have to have in mind that we have Guido Reiten who performs, you know, <laughs> week in and week out uh, in Chelsea, uh, at a very high level. So, yeah, we have some, you know, some interesting combinations, I would say. Uh, and it's going to be really, you know, it's going to be really fun going into a pre-camp where you actually get some time to work on things uh, a little bit, you know, a little bit deeper in than uh, when you when you just meet for a, for a, a regular call-up. So Norway back in the Euros 2017 compared to now. Where are you at? Oh, we're much better. <laughs> I have to say that we're much better. Uh, yeah, of course. <clears throat> we, 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 uh, yeah. I think that kind of speaks for itself that we are much better this, this time than we were four years ago. Then, you know, you never know with, you never know with the results. Uh, but back then, uh, we weren't, we hadn't really got that far in the, you know, the, the way of implementing a, uh, a good style of playing, uh, which I think we showed in 2019. So we had some, you know, a little bit more time. We got some, some big improvements, uh, and hopefully we can, you know, keep on uh, improving ourselves because we have to, uh, because all the other, all the other nations, they are, they are improving themselves. So, uh, so no, but we, I would say we are quite a much better team now than for, than five years ago. So in your opinion, what is needed from a national team to go all the way? If we're looking at this tournament this summer, yeah, you know, winning, winning the euros is, uh, I would say it's, <laughs> it's more, could be even harder than maybe, you know, winning a, a world cup because you don't, you don't have those, uh, you know, those lower ranked teams. There are no easy games in a, in a, in a euros, which it can be not easy, but uh, with all respect, uh, you know, you can, you can play uh, some lower ranked teams, uh, in the world cup uh, and also in the, in the Olympics actually. So I would say that, you know, with the improvement of the, you know, everything that happens within Europe with the, with the women's game and the clubs, I would say it's, it's really, really tough to play and to, to win a euros. Uh, as a small, uh, you know, small country with uh, not the depth, maybe in the squad as, you know, like France, Germany, the major countries, Netherlands, uh, Sweden as well. Uh, uh, we need to, you know, to stay out of injuries. Uh, we need to uh, have a great deal of luck because I think you need to be lucky to actually to to be able to win something then you have to work hard for the luck of course but uh, you need to you need to be lucky to be able to win uh and uh, I can uh, I can assure everyone that we'll will will work uh, <laughs> very hard to get that luck on on our side uh but then of course you need also to be solid in defense you, you know you I think you <clears throat> The offensive game is really important, of course, because football is, it's not like the one, one thing is, <laughs> is not important and some other things are, but, you know, to, to be, 
to be good in defense, I would say that's uh, that's really really important. The final question: Tell the ones who listens to this podcast why they should come to England this summer to watch Norway play football. Ah, uh, that's a good question. You know, I I think we have you know the 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 team we have. First of all, you know our with a really strong uh unit but we also have some of the best players in the world if you look at it at the moment you know watching Carolina in uh, in uh, Champions League you watch Ada scores great goals and you watch players like Euro Rate and uh, you know performing i think you know just being able to watch some of our best players uh, i would say that's a good uh, that's a good uh, thing to why you should come and uh, and uh, watch the Norway team. Yeah, and um, I like that question. You know, it's it's kind of, you know, like you have you have got the chance to to just advertise your whole national team out. <laughs> that, it, good answer. So, let's just jump into the this or that. Now you don't get to think. Eh, all right. Yeah. Hit <laughs> it, Amanda. A perfect tactical display from your team, according to the game plan, winning one to zero or winning five to zero when the game plan hasn't been followed at all. Five to zero. When deciding on a starting 11, choosing players just based on the fact that they're in form or the players with attributes suitable to handle the opponents. Suitable attributes. During the Euros... Would you coach wearing a national team training tracksuit or wear a proper suit? <laughs> I don't know yet, actually. Uh, proper suit, maybe. When coaching training sessions, do you prefer early mornings or late afternoons? You know, I, I prefer neither of them. I like to go at lunchtime. And for the last one, would you rather be known as a coach who's a great recruiter or a great strategist? Oh, great strategist. And that's it. Martin, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. It was extremely fun to have you on. Hi, thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.